Understood is a resource I have recommended for many years to parents looking for support with learning and thinking differences such as ADHD, dyslexia, and more. And I'm subsequently excited to tell you about their podcast, Understood Explains. This season, the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. They cover topics such as how to tell if your child needs an IEP, common myths about special education, and the difference between IEPs and 504 plans. I love how Understood Explains breaks down the overwhelm by unpacking an important topic each season and then drilling down further into key basics in each episode. Most episodes are between 10 to 15 minutes, and episodes are available in both English and Spanish. So fantastic, right? To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Edit Your Life podcast. I'm Christine Coe. And I'm Asha Dornfest, and we're here to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. We share practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. And we believe that baby steps are the key to getting there. Good morning, Asha. How are you? I'm fine. How are you doing? I am doing well, and I'm focusing and channeling a very present mindset for our conversation today. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm totally into what we're talking about today. Yeah, I am into it. And part of that is one, I love hearing from listeners, and I'll get to that in a second. But you know, today's conversation is something that I basically wrestle with all the time, this issue of trying to become more present in this hyper-connected world that we live in. And I wanted to thank the listeners who wrote in asking us to do a show that addresses the challenges of being present in a 24-7 world, and then also how to generally be present in daily life when you've got a long to-do list hovering over your shoulder. Yeah. I, I really think maybe the universe was just giving us a little <clears throat> giving us a little pat to nudge us to talk about this because I've been talking about this with my friends too, just in in my daily life, that this tension between constantly getting more stuff done and then slowing down to actually savor and appreciate what's happening around you. It just feels like there's this very basic push and pull between those two things. And of course, you and I feel that all the time. I mean, in our various different ways and our various different lives. And I've also been wrestling with this. And um, but it's sort of interesting, Christine, maybe from the other end of the spectrum. I've been so sometimes I tend to get very um, focused on the present moment, which in theory seems like a really great thing. But uh, I, I sometimes can lose hold of the stuff that is on my to do list. So it's almost like the opposite problem. Uh, indeed, because I was going <laughs> to say that you and our listeners, too, I imagine by now know that my to do list is an integral part of how I keep track of what I need to do, not just for work, but also family and myself. So I, I wonder I should it would be it would be very interesting for me to like track how many times I open up my to doist app. But, you know, so it's great, but it also is really hard to feel tethered to that list. Yeah, I think that whole thing of it's really great and it's really hard because I feel that too. I really do. And it's it, sometimes I think that when we strive for balance, it's a very noble cause. But the fact is that balance is sort of like the horizon. You know, it's out there. We can sort of point our way 
toward walking in that direction, but it just stays in the distance all the time. And I think part of what makes me feel better sometimes is to just acknowledge that, (laughs) that like, you know, life has ebbs and flows and it's really normal for there to be slow times and for there to be crunch times and for balance to just feel really elusive. And so I think it maybe it helps, at least it helps me to set my expectations about that and to like remind myself that I'm not failing at life (laughs) and, Mm -hmm. and that also, um, you know, whatever sort of um, tension I'm feeling right now is probably temporary. And that even just by taking steps forward, that is going to change. But, you know, all of that said, there are plenty of simple things that we can all do to sort of pull ourselves out of that future worry, you know, and the past regret and bring ourselves back to this present moment. I agree. And I'm really excited to talk more about this, which we will do after a quick break. Are you, like pretty much every parent of younger kids I know, looking for a smart entertainment option for your kids? Designed for kids ages six and up, Mysteries About True Histories, also known as Math, How Smart Is That?, is a weekly podcast full of time travel, puzzles, hidden equations, history, and humor. And while kids will enjoy the stories anchored around characters like troublesome trolls, pirate queens, and mysterious aunts, adults can benefit too. I admittedly delighted in learning a thing or two about Pythagoras and triangles in one episode. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code-breaking, pattern-solving, and more, all weaving humor in with education to make learning fun. Episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes long, a great length for transition times during the day or a bedtime treat. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you you listen to your podcasts. Okay, well, let's get to our uh, first recommendation on becoming more present. I think I will just get this kicked off with something that has been so simple yet so life changing, and that is to listen and look up. And what I mean by that is that as an adult, I have found that I've been working a lot on being a better listener. And one little tweak with that has been to listen and look up and make eye contact when John or the girls sort of call out to me for something. And I find that it focuses me and pulls me into the present, which obviously you really can't do if you're looking down at a screen or a cookbook or whatever. And 
it's, you know, a small but impactful tweak. And I want to add that that also means that if one of them says something to me, because it's common for the kids to be like, hey, mom, and if I'm in the middle of something and, you know, trying to be present reading a book or looking at a recipe or whatever it is I'm doing, I'll say, give me a minute. Let me just finish this thing that I'm doing right now. And then I can address you, you know, in a fully present way. And I don't know, it's such a small thing, Asha, but it's just made such a huge difference. Well, and it's just, it's such basic communication, basic human interaction. And, and we can lose it because we're so busy and we don't even notice. And I'm so glad you started with that because, um, well, a couple things. First of all, that whole notion of eye contact. Um, I have been thinking about that myself because uh, some folks in my like home world, my, you know, in my just at home, we've been busy and we've been running around and we haven't exactly been, you know, stopping and pausing to look at each other. Mm. And and it's like tiny little just little steps away. And it's really important. Those tiny moments of contact actually really do add up. Um, yeah, no, I think that's huge. And I think the other thing is I think it's really great that you say out loud to your kids, um, you know, just hold hold that thought for a second. Let me finish this. It really does bring out right into the open, that notion that I really do want to focus on you. But at the same time, like I am, I am focusing on something else right now and you can just wait for, you know, five seconds or 10 seconds. That's a really good thing to do. Yeah. It's just like a building awareness thing, you know, so the kids aren't always getting in a habit of just like, I don't know, calling out to you. I don't know. It makes me a right. little nutty. So, <laughs> right. You know, it really reminds me of when my kids were younger. A lot of times I would, I would sort of narrate the emotional, um, like the internal dialogue that was going on in my head while they were doing stuff to sort of help them understand how I was feeling about things. It probably made me sound a little nuts if you were mm -hmm. an adult and walked in on the situation. But I think it actually taught them quite a bit about, um, you know, what's going on in somebody else's head, mm -hmm. you know, because there's mm -hmm. no way that they can know. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's a really great place to start, um, you know, just with connecting that that body language of connecting. And, you know, my first tip of this episode is actually a little more <clears throat> tactical for once, Christine. Um, <laughs> and that is uh, something that we've talked about quite a bit um, on this podcast. And that is to leave space between things and your schedule. So a little like blank space, enough time, padding. Um, we've called it serendipity space in the past. And we actually recorded an entire podcast about this concept. But it's that idea that hopping, you know, from event to event or from task to task, whatever it is, um, when there's no space to sort of reset or to just rest or to even have a few minutes to just regroup when there when that space is not present, it's really hard to um, sort of drop back down to, you know, your normal uh, human mode and, and out of like get stuff done mode. I think that really, really helps. And so as much as you can, um, really try to, you know, leave space, empty spaces in your schedule because you just never know what's going to happen in those empty spaces. It adds flexibility. It just adds breathing room. Um, it really makes a difference in day-to-day -day life. It sure does. You know, rest mm -hmm. is so important. And I feel like in our current climate, it's so underrated and it's so wonderful. So <laughs> yeah. And even just the mental rest, you know, you don't, yes. it's not like you have to take a nap in these spaces, <laughs> but, um, that mental rest, it really, it, it makes all the difference. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay. Well, while you're resting, uh, my next tip is 
all about delaying responsiveness. And I was thinking in particular about our listener who was asking about addressing, you know, this 24-7 connected nature of our world right now. And this is something I've needed to work on over time, really, because in general, I am a very responsive person. And when I started out on my own, geez, almost 14 years ago, and I was building my businesses, like I really felt like I had to be responsive 24-7. So I want to give credit to my wonderful friend and colleague, Maura Ahrens-Mealy at Women Online. Uh, We actually recorded an episode with her. But way back when we started to work together, I was so shocked because she's like a, she's just such a professional, amazing, accomplished, I don't know, she's just amazing, right? So I was so shocked when she said to me, listen, I don't want you to respond to clients at all hours. I want our firm to have boundaries. And I was so relieved to hear this. And um, so I kept my work emails relegated to traditional work hours. And I've also extended this to other communication in my life because, quite frankly, if you respond to everything immediately, it sets up expectations with people that will keep you tethered to your phone. And so I've just done little things. I just don't respond all the time immediately. Or, you know, I've taken certain apps off my phone, so I'm less available. And I love it. <laughs> well, I I mean, it that's so important. And I think that... Um... You know, it's such a it, it's such a, another one of those. It's really great. It's really hard, um, you know, teeter totters, which is it's really great to be able to, you know, for people to be in touch and um, to sort of toss out those loving little things, you know, little texts from your friends or whatever. But right. Um, being in touch all the time is hard, especially when there are multiple channels. And uh, it's interesting. I've that that reminds me of something that I saw a long time ago. I haven't seen something like this in a while, but somebody put in their email signature line the hours that they respond to email. <laughs> you know, sort of like, mm-hmm. you know, almost like a little shingle hanging outside their electronic door, which is basically, you know, if you email me after uh, 5 p.m., um, you're not going to get a response until the next day. It was sort of interesting, very explicit expectations. And I mean, that's not necessarily my style, but I thought it was sort of interesting. Yeah. So I think digital office hours. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, (laughs) sort of cool, actually. Anyway, um, I, I'm, I I think that's something to explore a little bit more. Anyway, I also just want to, um, give Maura a shout out because I think that was really wise, just a wise, a human decision and a wise business decision. Mm -hmm. So, um, okay. So my next tip is, completely sort of in a different mode. And that is to bring yourself in the present moment by doing something you enjoy that's physically engaging. So, and, you know, using your body. So that could mean something pretty straightforward, like exercise or sports. Um, I'm actually thinking about Christine and John's tennis dates here. They love those tennis dates. (laughs) And I suspect that it's not just because you love tennis. It's because when you're playing tennis, all you can do is play tennis. And that is unbelievably like mentally relaxing. Um, But if that's not your thing, like I I'm suggesting anything physical like knitting or cooking or playing a musical instrument or even gardening. Gardening's my thing. I mean, just like give me a shovel or some pruning shears and send me outside and I'm happy. And I think it's because when you really engage your body, you just give your mind something to focus on. That's not your to-do list or whatever other distractions or anxieties are bothering you. And 
I have found that for me, the trick is for this activity to challenge me enough that it actually requires some concentration and, and focus. You know, if it's too easy, sometimes my mind will still be wandering, but it needs to be just hard enough or mentally, you know, um, challenging enough to actually require me to focus on it. And that is just it. Nothing pulls me into the present moment more than that. I love this tip and I, I couldn't agree more. And in addition to tennis, which is, I mean, really that you have to focus. There's so many mechanical moving pieces that there's nothing you can do, but focus on it, which is so awesome. But, um, that's why I'm so obsessed with like decorating cakes. It's like therapy for me. I just go in the zone. I'm like focusing on color and all these other things. And it's, I think it's like gardening for you. It's just, it's just I, that interesting distinction you made about something being just challenging enough to kind of force you to concentrate and focus, but while still being enjoyable, right? There's some, there's some balance there. Right. Well, I, you know, I think that sometimes um, if you're somebody who's into exercise or sports, there's this notion that um, it has to be painful or it has to be really, really, really hard. And it's not that really hard is a bad thing because, you know, it is a great thing to physically really push your limits. So that's by definition going to be hard. But I think that there's such a wider range of physical activities that you can do that, you know, it's it's like a whole spectrum of things. So in addition to that, these other physical activities we're talking about, I'm not saying that, you know, cake decorating can stand in for your workout or, you know, or, or, you know, chopping down all the bushes in your backyard, which I did once. And it was like a total psychological reset. It was great. Um, But it really can um, offer you this different kind of renewal. And I don't know, there's just nothing like it, especially for I tend to be sort of an overanalyzer. I love to think about stuff. And, um, you know, the, the dark side of that is I can think about stuff too much. And so it's just good to give my mind a little rest. It's almost like giving your mind a little fidget, like, here you go, you go play with that. And I'm going to go over here and, and rest. (laughs) That's how I see it sometimes. I think that's very good. Uh, well, Asha, we have a lot more to chat about in this conversation and we will do that after a quick break. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. 
When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. And now back to our conversation about being present. Uh, And let me just jump right in. Okay, let's just talk about our phones. Mm -hmm. Um, Keep your phone stashed during in-between and waiting times. You know what I'm talking about. When you're waiting in line, when you're sitting in the car, in between tasks at home. And okay, let's be honest, maybe too much information. When you're in the bathroom, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag keeping it real. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just so easy to pick it up. And it's I sometimes find myself uh, doing it without even realizing that I've done it. Mm. It's a a little alarming, actually. Mm -hmm. But, you know, being present really very simply means experiencing what's going on around you. And you just can't do it when there's that phone flashing and buzzing um, and giving you all sorts of interesting stimulation. And um, this is just a you know, I'm not trying to vilify uh, you know, our phones. I'm not trying to judge, judge anyone. I'm just suggesting that if we become a little more mindful of that habit and just, you know, every now and then say, you know what, I'm going to put put the phone away or leave the phone in another room. Um, it's amazing what happens when you let your senses just do what they can do. Mm. It's it's like the you remember the movie Wally. Oh my gosh, I didn't even see Wally. I feel <gasps> so behind. I feel so behind everything. Okay, but- Christine, your homework especially after this conversation is to go see Wally. It might possibly change your life. Really? Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Wally Pixar movie. Uh, let's just say um, technology distraction is one of the plot points. Okay. Well, I have a, I have a, like a date night with my girls tonight. So maybe that will be our little cuddle up activity. It, this may be perfect for you. Not, not you personally. Perfect for anyone. I think it's such a great movie. Yes. Well, I think this is I think this is a great tip, Asha. And also, I love that you're pointing out that really it's again, that it's not a judgment thing, but phones have become this reflexive go to thing. Right. I mean, I it's just that's what's happened. So I think any of those moments of mindfulness that you can insert to kind of pause and and keep that phone stashed. Um, yes. And I will say I actually I won't go on a total bender here, but I did this little, it was actually for work. Um, a year or two ago, I did this, you know, 21 day, you know, stow your phone in the car challenge, like literally put it in the back seat or whatever. And it kind of changed my life. And now I am obsessed with like, just sitting at that stoplight. And, and if some, you know, and if I'm in a car with somebody who's checking their phone, I'm kind of like, can you please put that down? Like it really, it's, it's a good thing to be present, especially when you're in a moving vehicle. So end rant. (laughs) Well, we we have a rule in our um in our car and that is that if we're 
just driving around town, nobody in the car gets to look at their phone. It doesn't yeah. matter if you're in the back seat. It just doesn't matter. Like nobody gets to look at their phone. And I have to keep asking them, you know, can you please put that away? Oh, but I, I was just, oh, but I was just, and it's like, it's, it's cool. I get it. But, but like, you know, we're present together. And so, um, put your phone away and it, it's, you know, it's an ongoing process. Yeah. It's ongoing. I mean, it's always a moving target, but you know, my next tip actually is related to yours and, uh, but just specifies in a little bit different direction and was inspired by something that just kind of happened around here. And the recommendation is if you have kids to have some device free daytime with them. So because of scheduling and driving around um, every Thursday, you know, this what season are we in spring, <laughs> late winter to spring? Laurel has had a commitment and um, I decided to start taking Violet to this cafe that's near Laurel's commitment because it didn't make sense to go all the way home. So. Our thing is that I only bring stuff that does not require devices. I mean, she'll bring her homework, but I'll also bring books and an art pad. And we just have a completely device-free like cafe hour, which is so awesome. And I have to say, Violet has started a series of drawings of my weekly beverages, which is pretty amazing. <laughs> what? Yeah, she just, I, one day I was having like this weird looking green tea latte or something and all of a sudden I look over and um, she was drawing it with incredible perspective, I've got to say, for an eight-year-old. And um, what is it? Like she she titles every sketch and it was with the same word at the end. So my, that week was the green tea catastrophe. And then like the next week was the latte <laughs> catastrophe. I mean, it's just so awesome. Like, so uh, when you when you have those moments where you just build in, let creativity do its thing, I'm just saying it can be really cool. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's so funny. Um, you want to hear the um, high school sophomore version of uh, of that date? Yeah. My daughter and I recently went to like the makeup store. <gasps> we went to the Mac Cosmetics store and fun, we fun, fun. and it's funny, I'm not particularly into makeup. I'll, I mean, I am I am into makeup, but I'm not really into makeup. Um, I, I have the same makeup that I had. Um, some of the items I have I had when I was in college. <laughs> anyway, the point is, it was device free time. We were focused on something that was, you know, I'm just sort of thinking about you and Vi. And we had the most interesting conversations only tangentially related to lipstick and stuff. It was so mm -hmm. much fun. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Um, I'm not sure if that was totally related. I think I just really wanted to tell you about it. It's related. I want to, I want to go on a makeup date with you guys. <laughs> well, I guess the point actually is that device free time with kids can happen with teenagers as well. Like For sure. it's, yeah. it's, it's age independent and it's just so much fun. feels like a gift. Yeah. So, um, okay. So my last tip of this episode is super present. And that is to start a simple journal, like as in a longhand paper journal with a pen or a pencil. And, um, you know, you don't have to have expectations about it. It doesn't have to look beautiful. It doesn't have to be every day. It's just a book that you write in when you think about it. And um, I know for me that writing notes and lists longhand it just feels qualitatively different than using a to-do list app. And don't get me wrong. I love my to-do list app. I really do. But um, somehow when I feel like I need to process what I am, um, uh, you know, a series of steps of things I need to do or whatever, writing about it 
um, just gives my brain a different way to think about it. And um, it's lovely to write things down that I want to just remember for some particular time in the future, not a specific time. It just really allows me to come to the present moment. I think the other thing about a journal sort of relates to what you said, Christine, about, um, you know, you bring stuff to the cafe that doesn't require a device. Um, When you are working with a journal, you can have that benefit of getting all those little details out of your head without the added um, temptation that Facebook or, you know, or YouTube Mm -hmm. is sitting on the same device as whatever it is you're you know, like taking your notes on. And um, it's a really focusing activity and just super restful. I think that's really awesome. One, I need to embarrass you and say that should I start doing some journaling, I will probably have to use the wonderful pens that you sent me, surprised me with listeners like those multicolored <laughs> clicky pens. They make them in gold now. And Asha Dornfest sent me some because she's awesome. And then <laughs> she also encouraged me to share them with my children, which I reluctantly, but then, you know, happily did. Uh, so yes, there's that. <laughs> Do you and, guys remember those big pens and they have four colors and you yeah. have to like, you know, like slide the thing down with your thumb. That's what I sent Christine because they're they're awesome. All right. I'm making a note to link up those pens because they are so awesome. Um, And I wanted to point out that uh, I don't know if I mentioned this on, on a previous episode, but earlier this month when I did this like super crazy, actually it was last month now, uh, this super crazy flying all over the country in like 36 hours kind of work trip. I actually decided when I was on the airplane not to take out my laptop or anything or sort of go down the rabbit hole of airplane Wi-Fi. And I just was writing stuff down in my journal about work and whatever. And to the surprise of no one, poor Asha, like I come back from that trip and there's like a massive brain dump of emails and (laughs) other things. It's exciting when that happens. I I mean, a notebook and a pen. Jeez, it's like so powerful. It's so simple, but powerful. Right, right. I know for me, plane, plane rides with my journal are um, that that is the zone that is yeah. totally the zone for me. I have uh, completely rearranged my life, my life on those sorts of trips. I know, and then I come yeah. home and get distracted. Well, yeah, with the thing, as you said at the beginning of the episode, the things that are both hard and both awesome. So, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to close out this episode with a real simple recommendation, but that has been very helpful to me. And it is to just set some simple boundaries, whatever they are that work for you. I'll just give you a couple of examples. I find it really helpful to just set some simple rules about consumption. And that helps me disconnect and be more present. For example, I, it might surprise some people, but I only check news headlines like one or maybe two times a day. And really it's enough to keep up with what's going on. Um, when something hits something dramatic, even hits the news cycle, it's just cycling through for the next 24 hours. So I find that once or twice is fine. And it's really helped my kind of emotional well-being. And then really the evenings that I leave my phone in my office at the end of the workday are the best evenings. So Mm. those are just two really simple things you can do. You might not do it, you know, it it takes a little experimentation to find the thing that works for you. But I recommend uh, doing that if you're struggling with the connected situation and being present. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and those boundaries can take all sorts of different forms. So boundaries can be um, time boundaries. You know, you only do certain things at certain times. They can be device-related boundaries. So you only read news using your paper newspaper and not online. That's Mm -hmm. something that I do. 
Um, you know, you only check social media on your computer, not your phone. You know, there are lots of different kinds of boundaries. And I think that, again, it's it's good to sort of play with them. Like you said, a little experimentation is good. And um, it's funny that we keep this conversation keeps leaning toward technology because it really does seem like that does pull us out of that present moment. And so um, I think that's I think that's really great. That's really great advice. And I yeah. also think actually, while we're here, I'll just say that I think it's interesting. You you said you set some simple rules about consumption. I think there is a difference between consuming media and then contributing to media, you know, writing stuff. And um, that's that's an interesting distinction, too, which I'm going to be thinking about. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Well, Asha, as we close things out, I would love to hear what your next edit is for this episode. Gosh, there's so much to think about. I love this episode. This is fun to fun to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. If I were to choose one thing, I would say to spend 15 minutes doing something physical. So I already mentioned that for me, it's gardening and it literally can be the most mundane and crappy job like weeding. I mean, it doesn't even matter what it is for me, but that brings me to the present moment. So I want to encourage you to choose something that you really enjoy this this thing that you choose, it shouldn't feel like yet another chore on your to-do list. And um, it should just feel like something that you enjoy that really engages your body. I love that one. And yeah, yeah I'm going to loop back to how I started the episode with my Your Next Edit and encourage you to try the look up and listen tactic because not only will it help you become more present, but I think it'll help your other family members become more present and more empathic in the sense of, you know, you not being available right immediately, like people needing to look at your cues and know, you know, when to ask you for something. So it's kind of a, it's a win-win kind of tactic, I think. Well, and I think it literally allows the people in your life to feel seen, literally seen. Mm -hmm. And also on some much deeper level, I think that's a like the most powerful tip of this whole episode. Well, I don't know about that, Asha, but that's <laughs> lovely of you to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, folks, we really hope that, uh, hope this conversation was helpful to you. Um, you'll find the show notes for this episode, including links to resources we've mentioned, plus lots of great related episodes at edityourlifeshow.com. And as ever, we love chatting with you on the internet. And this week, we'd also like to know what activity helps you pause and appreciate the present moment. Hop over to facebook.com slash edit your life show and look for the question of the week, which is pinned to the top of the page. Thanks for listening. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids, because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.